You're listening to Brain Zone, where we're serious about being curious. Molly, do you hear that? I don't hear anything. Oh, right. That's probably because I've been doing intensive ear training. Ever since I found out I'd be co-hosting this episode, I wanted to be ready. What kind of ear training did you do? Well, I started with some light ear jumping jacks. Oh, yeah, I see your ears wiggling ever so slightly. Then I moved on to sprints. You know, you cover your ears to block all sounds. Then you uncover your ears and listen really intently like this. Wow, that is some intense listening. Yeah, they're my favorite, the fire hose. Fire hose? Yeah, that's when you listen to a bunch of sounds at once and try to identify them. So then when you go back to one sound at a time, it's super easy. I wonder what that sounds like. Like this. Whoa. Yeah, I told you it's intense. Well, I'm excited to get started. I can tell. Your heart sounds like it's beating super fast. You can hear my heart? Ear training, Molly. All right. Well, let's get right to it. It's time for the... Mystery Sound Extravaganza! You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and here with me today is nine-year-old Rachel Lewis from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Regular listeners of Brains On know all about our mystery sounds. Every episode, we test your ears with some puzzling noise and give you a chance to guess what it is. There are so many great mystery sounds in the world, and many, many of them have been sent to us by our listeners. So many, in fact, that we decided to devote an entire episode to these magical, magnificent, mellifluous mystery sounds. Now, Rachel, you sent us a mystery sound about a year ago. Let's hear a snippet of that sound now. Can you tell us the story behind that sound that you sent us? My slinky broke, and I stepped on it. So it started, and then I noticed it started making this really cool sound. And so and I attached it to my Lego helicopter, so that's how I figured out the sound that it was making. So you broke your slinky, but you noticed that it was making a cool sound? Yes. Well, I love that. I think you took some lemons and made some mystery sound lemonade. And once you decided to record that sound, did you start hearing mystery sounds everywhere? Yes. They are indeed everywhere. So let's jump right in and start guessing. If you want to score along at home, we've got 10 mystery sounds coming up. Feel free to pause after each one, talk it over, write down your guesses, and see if you're right. Are you ready, Rachel? Yes. Here's your first mystery sound. Any guesses? Uh, it sounds like someone's squishing a water bottle or something. Awesome. Let's hear it one more time. Any new guesses come to mind? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so you thought it was squishing a water bottle. Here is Drew with the answer. That sound was me dumping out a 600-piece puzzle onto my dining room table. I like that sound because I really love to work puzzles. My strategy is to work the border first. Then I like to look for words and faces on the inside. My largest puzzle so far has been 1,000 pieces. I really like geography puzzles. 
I'm Drew Tashwick from Louisville, Kentucky. So not quite a water bottle. It was a puzzle. Um, but here's a, here's a fun fact. The largest puzzle to ever be solved was over half a million pieces solved by students in Vietnam. 1,600 students worked on it, and it took them 17 hours to complete it. Do you think that sounds fun or boring? Fun. <laughs> I like puzzles, too. Um, speaking of solving things, here is the next sound. Hmm, what do you think that one is? I think someone jump roping. Oh, I like that guess. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yes. It's definitely something repetitive. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. Okay, jump rope. Let's see if you're right. This sound was sent to us by Madeline in Vancouver, Washington, and here she is with the answer. That was the sound of my spray bottle for watering plants. Ooh, spray bottle. Close. It was a repetitive thing, but not a jump rope. Madeline uses the spray bottle on the plants in her garden. The plants that I grow in my garden include blueberries, strawberries, bell peppers, cucumbers, and onions. You need to have water and plenty of sun for the plants to grow. For kids who might want to start a garden, you probably want to find a sunny spot and make sure that you have seeds for your garden. Rachel, have you ever gardened? Yeah. What have you gardened? What have you grown? Um, mostly flowers. And have you ever used a spray bottle to water the flowers? No. <laughs> That's probably why it was a tricky sound. And Rachel, can you remind people how you sent us your mystery sound? Um, on the phone. And then your mom emailed it to us? Yes. Excellent. Well, if anyone else has a good mystery sound for us, you can also email it to us at hello at brainson.org. It's not that hard. Back to something that might be a little more difficult. This next mystery sound is a toughie. Here it is. What do you think? I think it's someone sanding something. I think that is an excellent guess. Let's hear it one more time. Any other thoughts, Rachel? Um... Maybe it could be someone erasing something off a piece of paper. Mm, very good guess. Okay, here is Evie from Colorado Springs, Colorado, with the answer. The noise you just heard was me rubbing my finger against the back of a wasp nest. The wasps are naturally in it. It was knocked down, and then I brought it in. The wasps actually make their own paper, I think it is, with leaf and spit. So it's kind of cool. So you were close when you said paper, because that wasp nest is basically made of paper. 
And from the picture Evie sent to us, it looks like she found the nest that was made by paper wasps. And when these wasps make nests, they are essentially making paper with their mouths. The queen scrapes up wood fibers into her mouth. Her saliva breaks it down to make a soft pulp. Then she brings it back to the nest site where worker wasps use the pulp to build a grid of holes shaped like hexagons where the queen will eventually lay her eggs. When this wet pulp dries, voila, a papery yet sturdy nest. Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? Have you seen a wasp nest before? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually not a great thing when you see a wasp nest. (laughs) But Evie found one on the ground without any wasps in it, so she was able to explore it, which is super cool. You can follow us on Instagram if you want to see a picture of the wasp's nest that Evie sent in. We're at brains underscore on. And speaking of Instagram, if you've got a good guest sheet going for these mystery sounds, post it and tag us. Okay, Rachel, you are doing great. Your ear training has definitely paid off. Here is the next sound. Any guesses? Um... I think it sounds like a radio. Ooh. Yeah, there's definitely like some like sound in the background, but I think this mystery sound, it's very tiny. There's a sound that's sort of not the background hum, but like a little kind of squeaky noise. Can you hear it? Let's hear it one more time. What do you think? Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) It's a really tough one. It's probably a sound you're familiar with, though. So here is Autumn with the answer. That was the sound of my wiggly tooth. I like that sound because it grosses my mom out. I've lost six teeth and the most interesting way I lost a tooth was I was eating a carrot and then it came out of my carrot. I'm Autumn Bell from Auckland, New Zealand and I'm at... Hello Brains On, I am Anna and I have a wiggly tooth. And I am Autumn's little sister, and I am five years old. So, Rachel, now that you hear that sound, does that make a little more sense? <laughs> yes. How many teeth have you lost? Um, I, I don't know. Do you like wiggling them around? Yes. Does it gross you out to hear that sound, or do you think it's kind of awesome? Kind <laughs> of awesome. Okay, Rachel, one more mystery sound before we take a short break to let your ears cool off. This one was not sent in by a listener, but it was shared with us by a scientist. Here it is. What do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> um, sounds like it has something to do with fire. Oh, because did you? Is that crackling noise in the background? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yes. other thoughts? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Something fire-related. Here with the answer is Andrew Bass. He's a behavioral and evolutionary neuroscientist at Cornell University. This is the sound of a midshipman fish during a summer's evening broadcasting his advertisement call from his nest in the intertidal zone. So that crackling sound wasn't fire. It was actually water. So it's the opposite of fire. (laughs) Yeah. And midshipmen fish make all sorts of interesting noises, noises that we don't usually associate with fish. And I have to admit, I never get bored of listening to this sound. It's such a remarkable sound, in part because the signal lasts for over two hours by a single male. And then he'll pause and he'll start humming again. 
and the goal of the signal and reason it's part it's called an advertisement call is because he's trying to attract a female to his nest to spawn with him. Midshipmen males and females both make sounds, but only males produce this humming call. Females make a sound known as a grunt. It's very brief. It's a common type of signal made by a lot of animals. And the males also make grunts when they're in a, a context in which they're guarding their nest against intruders into the nest. The way that a lot of fish make sound is they vibrate a gas-filled organ inside of their body, in their belly. And that's known as a swim bladder. Midshipman fish have a pair of muscles attached to the walls of their swim bladder. And when they vibrate those muscles, that creates a vibration in the surrounding water. And the gas-filled swim bladder amplifies the intensity or the loudness of that sound. There are two very big reasons why I've always studied these midshipmen fish. The first is that I want to understand how the brain controls the production of this sound and how our understanding of that helps us to better understand how other animals, including ourselves, are able to produce sound. So when you think of human beings, we think about their speech. But lots of other animals make sounds as well. So when you go out at night in the summer, you hear frogs making lots of sounds. If you're up early in the morning, you hear the dawn song of, of birds. And if you're out at night off the coast of California, you'll hear midshipmen fish singing. So it turns out that the major regions in the brain that control sound production in the midshipmen fish are also found in the same place in the brains of other animals. And all of that can contribute to our understanding of just how sound communication has evolved over time. I had no idea fish could make sounds like that. Neither did I. Well, now you'll know that fish can make some pretty cool sounds. Are you listening to this in the car? Will you be in the car soon? Maybe you have a summer road trip coming up. Oh, road trip mystery sounds. Yeah, and whether you'll be on the road listening for mystery sounds. Or having adventures at home. Brains On is really excited to share a special summer series with you. We'll be rolling out five special episodes answering the many car questions that you've sent in. Look for them throughout the month of June wherever you get your podcasts. And for the newsletter subscribers, we'll be sharing some cool activity sheets for backseat fun. Whether you're running to school or driving cross-country, these special sheets are guaranteed to turn Are We There Yet moments into breath of fresh air moments. Subscribe to our newsletter and we'll send you a link where you can download the sheets. Go to our website, brainson.org, to subscribe. We love hearing from our listeners. You send us fascinating questions, amazing drawings, and deliciously difficult mystery sounds. We could not have made this episode, or really any episode, without your help. We started the Brains Honor Roll to thank the kids who keep the show going with their energy, ideas, and questions, like this one sent to us by Anya from Deerfield, Massachusetts. How come sometimes you can see the moon during the day and sometimes you can't? We'll answer that question in our moment of um and announce the most recent group to be added to the Brains Honor Roll all at the end of the show. Brains 
Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Rachel Lewis. And I'm Molly Bloom. We have a slew of mystery sounds to test your powers of perception. Are you having fun so far, Rachel? Yes. What has been the toughest one so far? The water, the, um, I can't remember what it is. The fish one? Yeah. Or the spray bottle. Maybe yeah, the two the water bottle. related ones. The spray, the spray bottle. bottle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these sounds like there are normal things in life, but once they're taken out of context and you hear them separated from where you would actually hear them, they become really, really tricky. So this one may be a tiny bit easier. Let's hear it. Any guesses? Um, yeah, it sounds like someone putting chips in their mouth. Excellent. Or maybe someone crumpling up paper or something. Okay, so either chips in the mouth or crumpling up paper. Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. Any new guesses? I don't think so. All right. So it's either crumpling paper or putting chips in the mouth. So those are actually two different recordings of the same thing sent in by two different listeners. And we will let them reveal the answer. I'm Oscar, and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Hi. My name is Allie, and I live in Mountain View, California. And that was the sound of me crinkling toast in the morning. That was the sound of me eating honey toast. I like that sound because I like eating toast. Who wouldn't love toast? My favorite thing to have on toast is Nutella, and I make it myself. I love toast. I love putting butter on my toast, with cinnamon on my toast, with jelly on my toast. Toast is half of my life. I love toast. <laughs> so you were close. Someone was chewing. What is your favorite thing to put on toast, Rachel? Um, probably butter. <laughs> butter. Straight up butter. Yeah, I think I'm a butter toast person myself. All right. I know everyone is now very hungry for toast and more mystery sounds. So here is the next one.
What do you think that one was? <laughs> um, I think it, I think it had something to do with pouring water and something else. Mm, excellent guess. Let's hear it one more time. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think it has something to do with the dentist or something. <laughs> oh, that's a really good guess. Here with the answer is Veronica from Brooklyn. The sound you just heard is the sound of my dad's soda stream. To make it work, you place a bottle of water into the machine, press a button, and it releases carbon dioxide. The water and carbon dioxide mixes together and makes the bubbly water or seltzer my dad drinks. I like seltzer water because it is really fizzy and it makes my tongue sparkle. So you were right. There was pouring water. And then that first bit was the carbon dioxide mixing to make it the bubbly water. Do you like fizzy drinks? Yes. I actually don't like fizzy drinks. I don't like that feeling. It's too too sparkly and bubbly for my tongue. All right. The next sound is bubbling up here. So let's give it a listen. Any guesses? Sounds like some instrument. Ooh, excellent guess. Let's hear it one more time. What else do you think about that sound? It's kind of squeaky. (laughs) Definitely squeaky. Here is the answer. I'm Katina. And I'm June. And we're We're from from Rochester, Rochester, Michigan. This is the sound of my sister June's hearing aid when it is out of her ear. What you hear is the aid when it is sitting in her hand. I had these hearing aids since I was six weeks old and now I'm seven. Wearing hearing aids is a lot like wearing glasses. This sound happens when the hearing aid mold is not sealing in your ear canal. You will then hear squealing or feedback from the hearing aid. So your guess of an instrument was not that far off because I'm sure you've heard feedback coming from microphones or maybe like electric guitars before. Have you heard that? Yeah. So feedback happens when there's a loop between input and output. And this means when the sound coming in through, say, a microphone is amplified and then sent out by the speaker, and then that amplified sound then goes back into the microphone and is amplified again and again and again and again in a loop. That's what's happening with June's hearing aid, too. But we're not going in a loop. We are forging straight ahead to the next mystery sound. Here it is. Ooh, what do you think of that one? I think it's someone walking on mud with a pail of water. Walking on mud with a pail of water. Let's hear it one more time. Any new guesses? I don't think so. I'm going to stick with the walking on the mud with a pail of water. Here is the answer. My name is Nathan. I am 10. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That is the sound of me walking in rubber boots after I just got a booter. A booter is when you are walking in deep water with rubber boots and the water level is too high 
and ice cold water rushes into the inside of your boot and you are left with a boot full of water or a booter. In the spring, our ditches are full of ice cold water and my brother and I love to explore and test how deep we can go. I ended about up with about four booters in two days and as we were walking back to the house, we thought this would be a great mystery sound. I agree. It is a great mystery sound. And you were really close, Rachel. They were walking with water, just the water happened to be in the boots. Is that, <laughs> has that ever happened to you before? Um, Not really. Do you like splashing around in puddles? Yes. Yes. I prefer to stay dry myself. I don't, <laughs> I don't want a booter. Now, this next mystery sound is an exciting one because the family that sent it to us did not know where the sound came from. It was a real actual honest-to-goodness mystery sound, and we got to help them solve it. Here is the mystery sound. So that was sent to us by twin <laughs> brothers Brody and Alex and their little brother Jesse Rett with help from their mom, Tiffany. So we were playing in the basement and all of a sudden we heard this very strange sound. And we decided that we would like to record it because we wanted other people to hear it. And so we opened up the door and as soon as we opened up the door to try to record it, the sound, what? Oh, it stopped. It stopped. And then we tried it again because it happened again after that and the sound stopped and so finally we left the phone outside yeah outside the door and we closed the door and we hid behind the curtains right. <laughs> and then we waited until the noise happened and then we were so excited because we got a recording of it alex guessed that it was a lizard brody guessed that it was a frog and jesse guessed that it sounded like a dinosaur clearing its throat Rachel, what is your guess of what that sound is? I think it sounds like a plane. Ooh, a plane. Yeah, I thought when I first heard it, I thought it kind of sounded like power going through electrical lines, but I had no idea what it was. It was definitely a true mystery sound. So we turned to Emily Cabrera for help. She works for the University of Georgia Extension, educating people about agriculture and natural resources. I sent her the sound, and unlike me, she knew right away what it was. Well, when you sent it to me, it was um, like immediately, okay, that's a bullfrog. A bullfrog. Brody was right. Unfortunately, you and I, Rachel, were wrong. But without knowing it, when we contacted her, Emily was the perfect person to identify the sound for us. At her previous job, she spent a lot of time listening to frog sounds. I like frogs, frogs and toads. Um, they are a really great indicator species, just like some birds are. Um, they tell you whether or not you have a healthy environment. And so we would do these studies and we would go sit out overnight and listen to the different types of frogs that we would hear and the frequency that we would hear them. And so um, 
would kind of give us an indication of whether a certain area was healthy environmentally. Um, it's a good sign when you hear frogs and toads. And remember how that sound was speeding up? Mm-hmm. In any area where there's one bullfrog, there's there may be a culmination of bullfrogs because what they, the males do is they kind of get in these groups and they each have calls, just like we each have a different voice. You know, the sound of our voice is very different. But to a frog, they might say, oh, they all kind of sound the same. Well, when we hear bullfrogs and there's a chorus of bullfrogs, they all kind of sound the same, but there's slight differences. So that's why some of them were speeding up or slowing down. And you might have heard one or two. Um, And what they're doing is that there's power in numbers and they're trying to attract the females because this is their breeding season. And just like the midshipman fish we heard earlier, this is the advertisement call of the American bullfrog advertising. Hey, ladies, I'm over here. They want to call out to a very specific group, and that's the female bullfrogs. But anything else would alarm them. Um, And so if they sense or see um, a much larger, what they would think of as a predator coming towards them, then they would then they would stop and they would probably go underwater. They would disguise themselves. They would flee. That's why Alex, Brody, Jesse, Rhett, and Tiffany had trouble recording the sound and had to get sneaky about it. The frogs were afraid of them. So after Emily solved this mystery for us, we called up Alex, Brody, and Jesse Rhett to hear their reaction. Molly, thank you for figuring that out for us. We're so relieved to know. There's two sounds. We heard them. There's one that sounds like a monkey, one that sounds like an owl. And remember, we always love hearing your mystery sounds. You can email them to us anytime at hello at brainson.org. Well, listening to all those mystery sounds, Rachel, I am hungry for some toast. While we're waiting for our bread to become toast, let's answer the moment of um. How come sometimes you can see the moon during the day and sometimes you can't? My name is Sarah Comprude, and I teach astronomy here at the Bell Museum. The reason we can see the moon sometimes during the day is because the moon orbits the Earth. There is a misconception that the sun means it's daytime and the moon means it's nighttime. The only reason we have daytime is because of when the sun is up. When the sun's not up, that means it's nighttime. So night has absolutely nothing to do with the moon. If you imagine the Earth being a little ball out floating out in space, and if you were to draw a circle around it, that is the orbit of the moon around the Earth. Now, the moon orbits one time around the Earth every month. So for about two weeks of that month, it's on the side of the Earth that's facing the sun. For the other two weeks of the month, it's on the side of the Earth that is not facing the sun. So for two weeks of the month, the moon is out during the daytime, and for two weeks of the month, it's out at night. The moon is up for roughly, I'm going to round here, for roughly about 12 hours a day. Well, it will rise and set at different times each day, just like the sun rises and sets at slightly different times each day. So it has to do with where the moon is in its orbit around the Earth. Uh, So for today, which is the first day of June, uh, the moon will be out this afternoon. And so if you look this afternoon and kind of towards the evening, because we're getting to, I believe, around the first quarter moon, you'll see it the end half of the day in the first part of the evening, but it will set partially at night. And so you will not be able to see the moon really late at night because it will have already set. Rachel, while you get the Nutella and jam out, I'm going to read the most recent Brains Honor Roll. Great idea. 
Billy and Nora from Rockport, Texas, Valentina and Desmond from LA, Jackson, Lexi from Fresno, Evan from High Level, Alberta, Zev from Minneapolis, Riley and Titus from Milwaukee, Logan and Liam from Crested Butte, Colorado, Mateo and Joaquin from Encino, California, Freya and Gwen from Providence, Rhode Island, Jocelyn and Hank from Santa Rosa, California, Sophia from Blaine, Minnesota, Cora from West Point, Utah, Helena and Susanna from San Diego, Piper from Austin, Texas, Orion from Evanston, Illinois, Sophie from Falls Church, Virginia, Molly from Rosemont, Minnesota, Emma from Grass Valley, California, Ezra from Bloomfield, New Jersey, Sam from Dayton, Ohio, Damian, Declan, and Dashiell from Penn Valley, Pennsylvania, Allie from Mountain View, California, Sarah from South Melbourne, Australia, Phoenix from St. Paul, Nathan from Silver Spring, Maryland, Milo and Julian from Tbilisi, Georgia, Valerie from Berlin, Germany, Kieran from Danbury, Connecticut, Clara from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin, Gabriel from Springfield, Massachusetts, Sunday from Austin, Texas, Daniel from Chicago, Brayden from Surrey, British Columbia, Mason from Eugene, Oregon, Elliot and Teo from High Falls, New York, Adam from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Olaf from Spokane, Washington, Alex from Durango, Colorado, Everett from Lawrence, Kansas, Milo from Manchester, England, Sam from Wilmington, Delaware, Warner from Sunrise, Florida, Josie and Jules from Portland, Oregon, Samson and May from Los Lunas, New Mexico, and Milo from Belmont, Massachusetts. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez. Sandin Totten and Molly Bloom. We had engineering help this week from Cameron Atkins, Corey Shreppel, and Veronica Rodriguez. And production assistance from John Lambert. Many thanks to Donna Lewis, Lauren D., Louise McDonald, Elizabeth Sylvan, John Paris, Chris Hofer, Ann Ellert, Dana Mutashwick, Zach Korb, Ellen Williams, Jonathan Bell, Carrie Karcher, and Abra Lee. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at brains underscore on. Tag us if you post a picture of your guest sheets. And we're on Facebook, too. And if you're a fan of the show, tell your friends about us. Subscribe to us on Spotify, NPR One, Stitcher, wherever, and consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other kids and parents find out about the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>